0: Almost 30 years ago, this week, I was sent to Brazil on uh, October 11th of of, uh, 1989. So this is a big week. I've been reflecting a lot about my last 30 years in missions, and it's brought me back to um, how I got there, and I can't tell you the whole story, but I want to tell you a a piece of it, a day um, in the story um, and it's my story in a sense, but it's really about his story. It's the story of God's passion, his desire to spread his glory throughout the earth and make his name known among all people. I was in, at Bethel Seminary. I was uh, wrapping up my time there, and there was this guy named Brad. I don't remember his last name, but Brad um, was uh, hounding me, bugging me, He's like, Mike, you know, you can do your missions credits at, uh, over at the, at the Baptist Church downtown. I'm like, okay. And he just kept bugging me. And so finally I gave in and, and I uh, said yes. And I figured out how to get that done so I could get credit. And went to, uh, to Bethlehem Baptist downtown and, and uh, for the first day of class. And this guy named John Piper got up to give the opening talk. Nobody would heard of him, I think, at that point. I'd never heard of him. No, he's very famous. And he talked that day on, on uh, the theme of God as a missionary God. And he talked about the name of God, God's glory, and about the nations. And I just want to share some of those things that, uh, that he shared. And actually, I've shortened it because... We don't have time for a two-hour lecture like he But um, as we go through these verses, we're going to go quickly. Look for these themes. Glory, name, and nations. It is unbelievable. Why did God create us? In Isaiah 43, uh, it says this. Bring my sons... From afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory. We were created for the glory of God. Genesis 1 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. We were created in the image of God, male and female in the image of God, to be representatives of God. He placed us here so that when people look at us, they see God. We are to mirror Him, reflect Him, be His representatives here on earth. And He blessed Adam and Eve, and He commanded them at the same time, a blessing and a command. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God wanted to fill the earth with his representatives. Why did God call Abraham? When God called Abraham, he was, he was called Abram. Abram means father. A while later, he would change his name to Abraham, which means father of many, or father of a multitude. And we see why here in these verses. In verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12, he says, uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your family and your father's house to the land that I will show you. He wanted Abram to start walking. I want you to get your family and leave your father's house, and I want you to start walking, and I'm going to show you where to go, he says. And then he gives this A series of promises. I will, I will, I will, I will. So that, look at it. I will make, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you I will curse. So that in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. As Abram stepped out in faith, God blessed him. He showed him the way. He turned him into a great nation. But he said he did this not for Abram's sake. He did it so that he could be a blessing. Why does God bless us so much? He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And he says at the end of this, In you, All the families of the earth will be blessed. When John Piper got here, I was getting the idea. And my heart was pounding. I was scribbling like crazy. I wanted to write everything he was saying down. And I didn't want to forget it. And I kept it in this little green notebook, which I was going through this week, that I I still have. And I began to see the heart of God. His heart of God has always been for the nation's that every knee would bow before him. And he has chosen us as his representatives. Why did God allow Pharaoh to rise to power? He says to Pharaoh through Moses in Exodus nine sixteen, For this purpose I raised you up, to show my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Why did God part the Red Sea? Psalm 106, our fathers rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea, yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Everything that God does, he does for his glory. He does for for his name, because the name reflects the person. What's in a name? As you go through the Bible, more and more you see this name, name, name about people. The names are important. The meanings are important of the names in the Bible. But the name of God is the most important of all. What was it that David prayed when they brought the, the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem? He said this, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. God was not just the God of the Jewish people. His heart was always for the nations, and he kept declaring it throughout the history of the Old Testament. Why does God grow us and lead us into righteous living? This one really got me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. What's the next line? He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. It is for me. I need to grow in righteousness. It's good for me to grow. But ultimately, it is for His name's sake. What God does, He does for His glory. Why do we serve Him? Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength which God supplies, in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is our motivation. We serve to glorify God for His glory. First Corinthians 10:31. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. God created us in His image, and He wants us to represent Him, and He wants us to glorify Him in everything that we do. Psalm 93:3, declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all the peoples. God wants his people to declare his glory to all people, to all nations. Psalm 86, nine, all the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. As we go through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, we see that God always had an image in his mind and it was going to come to pass. It's an image of at the very end of the world, people from every tribe and tongue gathering around the throne and worshiping him. He's working towards that end, the great gathering of all the nations, all languages, all people, to gather around his throne to worship God. And he had a plan to do that, So the Lord has commanded us saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He was going to bring a light into the world to shine his light, not just for the Jewish people, but also for the non-Jewish people, Gentiles of the world. And his name was Jesus. How does Paul describe him? I had these verses just pounded in my head this week. So powerful and beautiful. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Imagine it, people from every nation around the world, around the throne, on their knees, declaring Jesus Christ is Lord. But they're not alone. The angels in heaven are on their knees. The demons below are on their knees. Every living creature is on its knees, worshiping and declaring that Jesus is Lord. That is where history is moving. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, we, we talk a lot about here. But look at these verses now in light of what we've heard. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. We are helping people know Jesus from all people groups in the world and helping them immerse in God himself, baptized into the name, into the person of the Father, the person of the Son, the person of the Spirit. Now their life is christ They're immersed in him. What a beautiful picture. This is where God's story has led. So, why do we send? His plan has always been to send Jesus, the light, to the nations. And to use us to make his name and his glory known to all people. And it is for all of us. It is for all of us. Why do we send? There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. Jesus is the only person. He is the only only way he is the only hope why did we send matt and holly to northeast minneapolis why did we send them because jesus is the only hope for the people in that community and the people that are touched by the the, by the by the members of that church jesus is the hope for that place and we could not let that church die It was dying because God cares about that group of people. He cares about that community. We're sending Eric and Emily someday, right? They're uh, uh, church planting interns here. Uh, They just started. And we're going to be sending them out. Why? Why? Because there's people that don't know Jesus yet. There are communities that are barren of the gospel around us. I was so moved when, we, when they showed the, the video of uh, the church building campaign video. And it said on there that over 80,000 people within a three-mile radius of this building do not have a significant contact, significant connection to a Christian church. Is that unbelievable? And I immediately thought, Wow. We could plant 10 churches just in St. Louis Park. I shared that with, with Andrew, and he said, yeah, I had the same thought. Why? Because church planting is a way to, to when, we, when we make disciples, we gather people. Historically, the church has grown through the making of disciples that lead into the planting of churches. From the very beginning, we're following the methodology of the, of the apostles of the first century. They led people to Jesus and they gathered them immediately into, into communities called churches. And that has worked. When the church has stopped planting churches, the church growth has slowed or stopped. That's why we plant churches. That's why we send, we send out uh, Eric and Emily. Why do we send uh, couples to S- Senegal Why do we send Linnea to Guatemala? Because we believe that those girls that have been abused have one hope, and he has a name. His name is Jesus. He is their hope. You know, uh, Clint and Christina, as they walk around the streets in Senegal, almost every person that they see in a day does not know Jesus. Almost every single one, well over 90% of the people in Senegal do not know Jesus. 16 million people. That is stunning. We send Clint and Christina there because they will declare the glory of God to the people of Senegal. They will love them with the love of God. Jesus is going to fill them and use them. Wow. This is why we send people. So, how do we do that? How do we do that? We don't. (laughs) We don't do it. Well, at least we don't do it on our own. God does it through us. This is so cool in Matthew 28. Imagine these guys. Jesus says, I'm leaving, I'm departing and I'm going to leave you guys here, okay? Now, I want you to make disciples of all nations. I can just picture them. What? All nations? You want us to make disciples of all nations? And then he says, wait, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. And then before he left, I'd like us to open our Bibles to this good in the morning in church on Sunday to open our Bibles, right? 909 in, your, in your, um, that little black Bible in front of you if you don't have a Bible with you. Acts 1.8. He gives them this call to make disciples of all nations. He says, I'm going to be with you. And then he gives them a simple strategy to follow in order to do it. And I'm, I want to use this as a, a way to lead into uh, an application. How do we do do this? How do we declare his glory to all nations? Uh, Interestingly, in verse verse 4, he's teaching them about the kingdom of of God. And he tells them to stay in Jerusalem in verse uh, 4. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. They need to wait. Why? Because they need the power and presence of God in their life to do, fulfill this call. And so they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. In the meantime, they have questions. Uh, Verse six, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So Jesus, you're, you're clearly the Messiah. You have died and you rose from the dead. Is it time to overthrow Rome? Is it time? And he says basically, it's not for you to worry about God's timing in all of this. But, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. I love that. You, he says, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to send my spirit to be in you and you will receive power. And the spirit, the the Holy Spirit's presence in your life will empower you to go out. Where? He talks about four different geographical locations. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now I can get my, I can get my hands around that. That's practical. For them, Jerusalem was where they were. They were in Jerusalem waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So start where you are, he says. Now, I want you to go to Judea. Judea is the region that Jerusalem is in. It's in the southern part of Palestine. So he says, I want you to go out to the cities around Jerusalem. And he says, and I want you to go to Samaria. Samaria was the next region above them. So I want you to keep going out, keep going out. And I want you to go to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that. He will empower you to be my witnesses. Notice he doesn't say lawyers. He doesn't say that we have, you have to have all the answers. You simply say what you have experienced. A witness says what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced, right? So we tell people about how we have experienced God in our life, and we help them uh, come to know Jesus so um, I, wanna, I want us to think through this in practical terms. I want to do that by telling a few stories. So how do we reach people in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, our Samaria, and to the ends of the earth? First of all, start where you are. I'm going to back up again. Start where you are. So it's fall, right? We most, a lot of us have trees and we're raking, we're starting to rake, right? This is a great moment for us to rake and walk across the street, right? My neighbors also have big trees in our neighborhood and we're all out there raking and moving stuff around and it's just a, it's one of the best times of the year really to connect with neighbors, right? We're coming up on Christmas, it's a great season for us to prepare and plan to bake cookies, and to have people over for a Christmas party in, in our home. We start where we are. Our community groups this, this week are going to be discussing, brainstorming together how we can impact our Jerusalem, how we can impact our Judea and so forth this week. How do we impact our community, St. Louis Park? We can get involved in, in the community and be, be part of different clubs and different, different parts of of the community here so jerusalem is right here rob and jackie um are regular people i guess like all of us right rob uh, his has been a roofer for most of his life uh, jackie's really good at logistics and, and administration and she's worked in those areas for many years and they're from maple grove minnesota not far from here so years ago they, they came to Jesus, they, they had been walking with Jesus a few years, but they wanted to do something. So Jackie joined the, the mission team of the church, and she learned about Acts 1-8, and she's like, okay, well, let's try to help mobilize people to work in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So let's, let's try to work in Judea. So her and her team came up with the idea of partnering with an urban church in in downtown minneapolis and just going there and offering their help so they developed a partnership with a church downtown simple right jackie and rob started going on mission trips overseas they came to brazil and they were part of a few mission trips with us in brazil and they were great they they would do whatever whatever they were asked to do and they loved on people and they just did they were themselves and it and it was great. They started working towards the ends, uh, towards the ends of the earth. Um, when the Haiti, uh, when the huge earthquake hit Haiti in uh, 2010, uh, Jackie and Rob came with us to Haiti uh, to uh, to do immediate relief. We were there three weeks after the earthquake, and it was, I mean, thousands of people had died, and it was just an absolute mess. And we did. Stuff that you'd go, well, how important is that? We, we distributed food, that's important, right? We helped put up some, some temporary shelters for people. Uh, we met with pastors and, and that were, uh, had PTSD and just had them tell their stories. We visited an orphanage, stood by a pile of rubble that, that had about 70 children underneath that pile of rocks. It was just awful but we were with those kids. We brought diapers and food to them. It's relief work. It's important. It's necessary. We're there loving on people the best best we could. It was ridiculously hard. Um, And one of the things that we were charged to do was to set up a house that would receive short-term teams. And we did that. We got this house set up, like they now call it. We named it the, the Haitian queen. It's this nice big house and dozens and dozens of teams have gone there and worked in the community and god has done an amazing thing god has given us uh relationships with denominations and different christian groups and a group was formed called the haitian Consor- haiti consortium it's a group of leaders mostly of denominational leaders that started to get together and talk and just discuss their country what do we need? How can we reach our people? And they came up with this vision statement. A healthy church within walking distance of every Haitian. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable. It started when Reach Global responded to a crisis and we were present. We were present in that place. And I believe dozens and maybe hundreds of churches will be planted out of that. Later on, Rob and Jackie felt a call to join uh, Crisis Response, the group that, that, uh, that I have listed up here on the screen, uh, which is a group that works mostly in the United States but all over the world um, in these kind of crises like we dealt with in, in Haiti. And so they've been working in their Jerusalem, their Judea, their Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, regular people. A couple weeks ago, I met a woman named Anne Marie. Uh, her story is really cool. It's so simple. She lives in Lakeville, Minnesota. She's in her 60s, and she just felt like she should volunteer. So she went to the, to the mission headquarters there in uh, Bloomington, and she said, I'd like to help. Um, I don't have a lot of skills, but I speak French. She's, uh, she's Swiss. So she speaks perfect French. They tried to find a place for her. It was hard to find a place, but finally, they found a place for her. They found a place in a, with a group called Global Fingerprints. So what does Anne-Marie do? She stays home in, in uh, Lakeville, mostly, and she translates the notes from, the, from sponsored kids in this child, uh, child sponsorship program. She translates from English to French and French to English. So they, they take a picture of the kids' notes, they send them to her, and she translates them, and she sends the translation back. That is her ministry. She is thrilled because she's part of this ministry. But what is she a part of? She's part of what I think is the best child sponsorship program in the world. It is unbelievable because those kids in that program are getting help with food. Their families are being helped. They're hearing the gospel, and it's all coordinated by a a satellite church there, a healthy uh, local church in Port-au-Prince. 70% unemployment in that city. They're teaching them skills so that they can get jobs when when they graduate from the program at 18. And out of this, they're planting churches. Can you believe that? It's amazing. $35 $35 a month, you can be part of helping a child, maybe leading, having a family come to Jesus and be part of church planting in Haiti. If you support a child in India, they, they are going to be uh, the people that, the person that coordinates their community is a church planter. You're helping plant a church, but you're helping a child. So there are so many ways that we can be, be using our, our gifts and most importantly, or one of the most important things is to pray, is to pray. Pray for those, uh, our missionaries that are, that are overseas. I've been really burdened these days for Clint and Christina, in uh, Senegal, for Linnea. It's their first year on the mission field and that first year is a killer. It's tough. These young missionaries need our prayer. So let's pray for them. I'd like to ask a question, very important question. Is your heart aligned with the heart of God? Are our hearts aligned with the heart of God? I once heard somebody say, God's heart beats for the nations and for his name. Name, nations, name, nations, name, nations wants his name to be known by all peoples is our heart aligned with this do we care, do we pray are we active in reaching the nations for Christ Revelation 15 14, 15 4 says this and this is a picture of the end of all things who will not fear, O oh Lord, and glorify your name? For you are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. This is the day we look forward to. All people, all nations, all tribes, all languages gathered around the throne. As we, uh, as we take, move into communion at this moment, I want to give you a suggestion. I don't want to tell you exactly what to do as we're having this time with the Lord. Uh, you need to do your business with the Lord as you need to do. But it would be fun if during this time we reflect on that scene, that scene of the, what Revelation calls the marriage supper of the Lamb. A big feast. When Jesus commanded, gave the the Lord's Supper to his disciples, he says, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat. He says, this is my blood which is shed for you. Drink of it, all of you. And then he says this, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus references the marriage supper of the Lamb when he's giving the original Lord's Supper up there in the upper room. Picture this. An enormous feast. The most beautiful delicious food that has ever been eaten. The aroma of that is just rising up and you're standing there looking at, looking at this enormous feast. The most delicious wine that Jesus is holding in his hand ready to be drank. It's just absolutely astounding and there are people from Nigeria and from Brazil, they're the really loud ones. There, there's people from Iran. There's, there's free people from Nepal. From every nation, every tribe. There's people from St. Louis Park there. And it's an enormous feast. And we are focused, we're focused on the lamb that was slain for us. So let's celebrate together uh, as we take the Lord's Supper. Let's pray Father, you are great. You are glorious. Your name is to be exalted, and so we exalt your name this day. We know, Lord, that you want your glory. You want your fame, your name, to be known throughout the earth. Lord, we we simply want to know how you want us to be involved in that, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give me, that you'd give all of us a sense of direction. I pray that you'd give us direction as a church. I pray that you'd give direction to our community groups as we talk about this and pray about it. Lord, we want our heart to be more and more aligned with yours, that our heart will beat for your name to be known among the nations. Give us wisdom, give us direction day, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.